Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. You've come to the right place on Jerry Jerry. What show is the there? recruiting animal. Okay, are you? Yeah, 
we're kicking off Richard. I, I, Richard, I hope you, you you should be a guest in a few weeks. I'm desperate for guests. John Rose, are you on a good uh, mic? Are you on a microphone that's right up to your mouth, not a, a space mic? No, it's right up any closer, and it'll be coming, pulling it out my nose. Come on, Mike. Well, you, still, you sound like you're in a tunnel. You sound like no, you're in a tunnel. I'm sorry. Okay. That's at home. I'm, I'm using your link that you sent because... Because you called you me on your phone, and I couldn't hear anything you said. Don't blame me, okay? I always blame you. Come on. <laughs> okay. Look. Here's a question, and everybody can answer. This is like surveys. This Richard was doing a great job. Uh, do you? But I'll ask John first. But John is a smiley guy. It might not work. Do you deliberately smile when you're on the phone? Because a lot of these success books, they tell you to smile deliberately. John, do you do that? Of course you've got to smile. And all you do is, you know, if you keep a positive attitude all the time, only stop smiling when you hang the phone up, and then you can curse all you want. But just remember, yeah, yeah, hang I, up before I, you I don't find it helps me. It makes me angry if I force myself to smile. Back to Richard. Do you force yourself to smile on the phone? I do not. Um, I think I stand a lot. I walk around. <laughs> uh, Michael, Michael, so, so G. Cox, you, Michael G. Cox, do you force yourself to smile? No, it, uh, it happens by accident. Okay, I know, I know for a fact that Maureen, Maureen doesn't force herself to smile because she wants to sound like she's bored, right? Sometimes. Do you, do you force yourself to smile on the phone, Maureen? Sometimes, you, you know, it depends smile? on what I'm doing. Right now she's forcing okay. herself to be bored. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, John Rose, back to John, the guest, the formal guest. You have a customized banner on your LinkedIn profile. It looks good, uh, but how much did it cost? Can you tell us? Um, about two, three minutes of time using Canva. Okay, it doesn't cost you extra money? Nope. Love Canva. Okay. You've got to do it. So you've you've got to use your banners you, all the time. Okay. And uh, here's another question for you. Do you accept irrelevant connection requests on LinkedIn? I ask a question as to why. If they give me a good answer, I'll accept. If they don't give me a good answer, I ignore. Well, can you give me an example of someone you've turned down? Do you remember? Yes. uh, Today I had a gentleman who claimed to have a connection in common that had spoken to him which I knew was bullshit because the guy was actually sat about 100, 100 feet away from me in another room, so I'd already asked him. And this, this, this gentleman had wanted to connect because he thought it would be useful, and that was his reasoning. So I said, but I said yeah, but why is it going to be reasonable? Didn't come back to me, so I just clicked ignore. Oh, really? Okay. What about you, Richard, Richard uh, Baird? Do you accept uh, irrelevant connection requests? Like here, I'll give you my, an example. I get lots of uh, connection requests from people in India who have no relation to me, and I just accept everybody, okay? But I was wondering, what am I getting out of this? They're using up my connections. What about you, Richard? I try not to, um, especially well, what if it them? seems fake. I won't, I'll just ignore it. You ignore them. Michael G. Cox? Um, if, if it's obviously irrelevant, then I just ignore it. But so if you get, question, you know, some... Can I ask a question on that then? There's an extension. 
do you click on the ignore when you get the invite or do you yeah. just leave it populating and carrying on with the audio invites? I, I, I click ignore. Perfect. Okay. I'm the only guy who accepts everything. Maureen, do you, do you uh, siphon through them? Do you filter them? I don't Maureen, accept everyone. No, no. Well, yeah, you I don't? am because I, I – no, I you don't. You don't want to whisper. We we understand. Okay. Right, exactly. Okay. But <laughs> I'll, st I'll still include you. If if you don't mind, I'll still mention your name, and I'll wait a second for you to turn on you. <laughs> and if you go to sleep, that's okay. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> okay. John Rose. John Rose. I've met John Rose. He's a very bubbly guy. But I didn't know he was tough enough to turn people away on LinkedIn. I just thought he welcomes everybody. Okay, John, uh, what's the difference between personality and cultural fit? Can you tell me if there is any difference? There's a big difference. I think everyone uses cultural fit nowadays as a cop-out for the ideal person, not personality, ideal person, they would like to have sat next to them and working with them. And it's usually the type of personality profile, as in set shape, set color, set feel, set look, set attitude, set motivators that, that uh, go forward. So that's, in a way, cultural fit and personality are intertwined. But it's BS. It's BS bingo, isn't it? Because what I don't, you want I don't understand anything you. I don't understand what you said. Uh, <laughs> does anybody well, understand do, what he said? Do you, do you know the difference then between values and culture of a business? No. Values in general. Cultural is cultural is a specific application of the values. How about that? They are, I agree with that. Specific application of the values. Okay. So okay, it's yeah. the values, not to the culture uh -huh. that is looked at. Personality. Yeah, I'm lost. Well, uh, uh, you're not doing a good job. But hold on a second. I didn't introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> Your name is his name is John Rose. He lives in England now. He used to be in Canada for a while. And, well, and on Twitter, he's okay. On Twitter, yeah, it's a threat. On Twitter, he's resourceful, <laughs> John. Resourceful John, and uh, he's got himself uh, posted on. Uh, LinkedIn as an interim recruiter. What's that? A contract recruiter like Jerry works on, uh, you know, IT contractors. What's an interim recruiter? No, it's where I go in and do interim project recruitment work for companies for businesses. You're a you know, you're a contract. You are a contract recruiter, uh, and you're just I'm speaking some foreign lingo, right? Is that uh, English? Sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm speaking English. Yeah, <laughs> English, English. Well, we don't accept that here. Okay, yeah, this is North America. Well. You yeah, know, I got to tell you something. Oh, no, no, I have to tell you. On LinkedIn, you've got interim recruiter there. You should have in brackets contract recruiter because sometimes you work in North America. Nobody knows what interim recruiter means. Richard Baird, did you know what interim recruiter means? I did not. Not officially. Okay, Michael G. Cox. Michael, Michael G. Cox, you, did you know what it means? Well, I, what I don't understand is why we have to get so technical. Why don't we just call it what it is? What is it? Like, <laughs> what is it, like a temp? Yeah, it's a temp a, recruiter. Yes, yeah, a contract recruiter. Okay. Yeah, okay. Interim, like does, interim yeah, recruiter. Isn't, don't you get more points for that on uh, Scrabble? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you certainly get yeah. paid more. Maureen, 
Maureen, you're included in everything. If you I'm want to answer, just pipe okay. in. Just pipe okay. in then. Just, isn't, it, right. isn't it just plain stupid to use interim recruiter? I didn't know what it meant. I speak I would English. Not use that. Yeah, I would not yeah, use that. Yeah, there like you, you go. You out are ruled out, John. Mm-hmm. You're out. I want to be ruled out of your area. So don't forget, I'm over here now, so you, you have to yeah, quite you're over like there. the duck okay. doing you, you make yourself sound replaceable, John. I am. And, it, yeah, and okay. it's nice no, to no, meet well, you, too. I, didn't even know, I, didn't have, I thought he was replacing contract people. I didn't know what it meant. Okay, I just found out. Oh, okay. in, what interim. About this? Well, Maureen, they're over there. Maureen, they have a different context <laughs> over there. I didn't ask you to go on. I didn't ask you to go on too long, okay? I'm going on here again. Okay. Yeah, okay. What about what about this? I read from from Adam Adam Grant on Twitter. He's Adam M. Grant. He's a famous psychologist, and he posted, "Don't answer your email after spending two minutes answering an email. It takes 68 seconds." to get back on task. I like answer. I like seeing what email came in. John, do you check your email regularly, or are you so disciplined that you check it once in the morning, once at lunch, and once at 4 o'clock before the day ends? How do you handle your email? I actually have four time slots set aside for dealing and handling my emails. First one is around about 7.30 in the morning for, for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on the, the day. If it's a Monday, it's usually 45 minutes. I'll then do it just before lunchtime, so around about 11.30 for half an hour, then 1.30 for about half an hour, and then 4.30 is when I'll then do follow-up activities, notes of where I've made, where I've got to send emails out with documents or activities related to it. I'm way more spontaneous. I'll do anything that will distract me. What about you, Richard Barrett? <laughs> I, I respond email. to emails almost immediately. Uh-huh. What about you, Michael G. Cox? Uh, no, I don't respond very well. Uh, I, I try to, but no, maybe five times a day. I don't understand what you email. say. Five times a day. Maureen, Maureen's not in the email business like we are. Okay. Yeah, but what about okay. on the social media side? If you get messages, if I get a, a, a message through oh, yeah. through LinkedIn or Facebook or WhatsApp, I'm more likely to spontaneously respond and react to that because it's usually less distracting volume-wise of what's going to be done. It's a few word answers, whatever, same as you and I, Mike, earlier on. Hey, I forgot yep. about Graham. I, you know, because Graham's never here. I, he says he's here all the time, and I, I, I just forgot about him. <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you speak up, okay? You're Australian. You're supposed to be mouthy. It's not my job to wake you up, okay? <laughs> Graham. Graham Caulfield. He's a great guy. Expert yeah. resume man. Expert resume man on Twitter. Okay. Now, John, John Rose, is the extension crisis over the LinkedIn extension crisis. Last week, everyone was worried that if they use those contact uh, uh, finders uh, and recruiting tools, sourcing tools, like my sponsor, Hire Tool or Hunter.io or uh, Lucia, if they, the, the, the word was that if you use them on LinkedIn, you're going to end up in LinkedIn jail. Everybody was frantic. This week, it's not an issue anymore. You know, uh, uh, did you think it was uh, ever anything? Is it real issue? What's happening with that? Do you have any ideas? And you can say I'm not interested. It's up to you. 
Well, of course I'm interested because I, I love shiny objects. I think they're good fun and shiny, <laughs> shiny panics are the same as well. It's because there was abuse of it happening. So you knew the LinkedIn police were going to come out and start throwing their teddies, especially with Microsoft police, you know, on their backs as well. Because the like, like Hunter stopped it straight away and because they couldn't get a, an agreement in place with LinkedIn, they actually said, fine, we're not going to let our API talk to LinkedIn at all, so we're, never, we're not going to contravene the terms of service for our, for our clients, our customers. Right, right. So, okay. so that was brilliant. But, but, so, my, but my, I, client, my client, my client, my uh, sponsor, Hire Tool, says they don't, uh, they don't use the source code over at LinkedIn. There's no danger in using Hire Tool. And correct. no one's talking about it anymore. For a couple of days last week, that's all people talked about. It's finished now. I don't see anybody worried. Let me ask you a more direct question without you know, giving you an opportunity to make a speech. Do you use any of these extensions today on LinkedIn? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And, and you're not afraid of ending up in LinkedIn jail? Nope, not afraid at all. Okay. What about Richard Baird? I use them still. Uh, yeah? Lucia primarily. Go ahead. And you're not afraid... You're not afraid of losing your access to LinkedIn? No. Okay. I'll be up there. Michael G. Cox. Michael G. Cox. I have not stopped using them, have not seen a problem with them. Uh, wow. Okay. I've, I love this survey. What about Graham Caulfield? I don't know if you use LinkedIn. Graham, wake up. Okay. Stay asleep. Okay. Uh, Maureen, you don't really use LinkedIn too much. You just complain about it. So. The, I don't, use it. I don't use the, any of the extensions. But I have a question about Lucia. Um, Go ahead. Tell me again what Lucia does because it's always popping up um, on well, my turn screen. It off. Wanting me to. Turn it off. So am I using it? I don't know if I'm using it or not. I don't use it, it you, but it always wants me to, to click, register or do yeah, something. You, okay. If you click on it, then it shows you, if it can, the contact and the email address or the phone number of the person you're, you're fo who's on the screen. If you're on LinkedIn and you go to Michael G. Cox's page or John Rose's page, then uh, Lucia will pop up, the icon, you click on it, and it tells you, you know, John's phone number or his email address. Beautiful, right? Okay, is that what it is? Because, like, if I'm doing a Google search and LinkedIn pops up, and then I click on it, and then Lucia pops up yes. and wanting, wants me okay, to do something. Okay, well, now I understand. I don't know. Got it. It depends what depends what browser you're using on. Just turn it off as an extension. Go into the extensions. I'll help you later on if you don't know okay. how. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. And you know what? Let me endorse TeamViewer. <laughs> TeamViewer, if, if, you know, if you ever want to help somebody on a computer, download TeamViewer for free. Uh, I, I got Maureen to do it, and I, I helped her last week with something. And even Maureen could use it without problems. Right, Maureen? Mm -hmm. Sort of, kind okay, of. That's but... <laughs> yeah, okay, we did it. We didn't have <laughs> we any succeeded. problems. Yeah. yeah, Team Viewer, she lives Does a that thousand miles a away. And we... You know what? I won't charge them. They didn't know. I just think it's good. Okay, some things I don't have to charge people for. Okay. But speaking of which, let me go do oh. an ad, okay, for... for you know what? I don't have to block anybody because Jerry's not here today. Starting trouble. Okay, look, everybody. I'm going to quote you. I'm going to quote you. When I, I, you know what? When I was a kid, and even today, I hate, I hate ads. But now that I'm doing them, 
I have to adopt the traditional ad uh, routines of repetition, repetition, repetition. I am going to repeat myself so many times that you are going to hate me more than you hate me now, okay? So here we go. Big or small, we fit them all. Big or small, we fit them all. That sounds like something you would hear in a clothing store for men, and it's true. I got it from a clothing store for men. But you know what? It's also good for my client as a tagline for PC Recruiter. You know why? Because they make software. They make recruiting software that is good for big companies, and it's good for little companies. It's good for giant companies, and it's good for middling-sized companies. PC Recruiter, hey, man, it is so inclusive and diverse that it accommodates everybody. You might be a solo recruiter who only uses a few of the features, or you might be a giant company, like I said, who uses everything. Either way, PC Recruiter loves you, and they want to take care of you, and they want to cuddle you, okay? And they'll give you good service, no matter how big or small you are. So I want you to go to their website, pcrecruiter.net, and check them out, right? And if you talk to somebody there, say, Recruiting Animal sent you. And you can also go to YouTube, and they have put in a two-minute two, two, two Tuesday is the key word, and they've got these little videos about what it's like to use PC Recruiter. Go check it out. And now back to my guest, John. i got to tell you, Resourceful John is so bubbly. When he comes into the room, it just changes everything, and that's absolutely true. I met him a couple of times. Okay. Still Thank there, Bobby? Oh, I'm here. That's I'm nice. You know what that's called? That's called charisma. <laughs> he's, he's got, yeah, he's got charisma. Not only that, as I said in the introduction, I don't know if anybody saw it. Uh, I, I didn't know, but Jeff Webb, you know, made me a track leader, a, a session leader, and they made John a session leader, and, and we had to go head to head. And then all the people in the place, they went to John's session, and only a few of them came to mind. And. <laughs> And and the ones the worst part was the ones who came to mind didn't like it. <laughs> they didn't like it. <laughs> you know, I John, started shouting true? just to make it. It's absolutely true. Okay. I'm afraid I'm going to say it actually did happen. Bit embarrassing for me because you know, I, I was a visitor to Toronto and it, it was held in Toronto downtown. So yeah, but yeah, I'm going to take the kudos for that. Okay, yeah. enough of that. Enough of that. I confess, you don't have to back me up. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, John, John, yeah. John Rose, resourceful John. Do you challenge candidates who want too much money? If you've got a good candidate and you say, "What do you need?" gives you a figure that's you know twenty thousand dollars more than you want to pay, and you you either know or you're guessing that he's not making anywhere near that right now. Do you argue with them? Do you try to talk them down? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. Let me tell you a story. Do you have a story? Yeah, it's a senior project manager, you know, disconnected from reality because he'd been sunning himself in some exotic place, came back and thought he knew what his value was in the local market. And, and, and I always, irrespective of the level of person, I always try and establish what the bleed point is for them. At what point would they walk away and not take the role, the job, the opportunity, because it's just not viable? And so I always test them and say, if they say they want 120000 I say, okay, if the client puts 105000 on the table with all the other benefits and all the other aspects of it, would you consider it, would you accept it? Well, well, yeah, of course we will. Okay, so we're down to 105. So you've dropped in 15. 
straight off the top say, what if they put on 99.9 on the table? And you just do it. In okay, that hold on. Let me ask. Let me stop you. I know this routine, and I know where it's going. Uh, will Will someone who respects themselves let you walk them through that? Yeah. If they respect you really? as well, if they respect you okay. as well, and you've got that trust factor. Let me ask. Let me ask the obvious question here. Do you ask people first of all how much they're earning? If someone's earning a hundred and says he wants a hundred and fifty to move. You know you've got some basis to to talk him or her down, but if you don't know what they're earning now and they're asking for 150, you're you're on a much shakier ground. You don't really know where you stand. So do you ask what they're earning? Do you ask what current salary is? No, I never ask people what their current salary is. I always want to know what they're looking for, what they're seeking, what the motivators are for moving. If money's what, they think they're worth more. They've got more of a value. Therefore. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold on. Somebody asked for 150. You want to pay him 110. Uh, are you going to walk him all the way back to 110? You know, ten thousand dollars at a time. If, the, if, the how, person, how are you going to do? If that's what it takes, yeah, and they get down to 110, then you win-win. If they stop at 130, then you've got to respect that and you test them and say, if you say 130, they put 129, 900 on the table. Will, will you accept or will you walk? And they go, I'll walk. Okay. I don't Andrew. know. I, I feel that's kind of awkward. Does anybody agree with me that's kind of an awkward way to do things? Oh, I want 150. Well, oh, hold on a second. Will you take 140? <laughs> you know, if everything, uh, if they put it on the table, would you walk away at that? Does anybody, Richard Baird, I'll, I'll do with a, do it in order again. Richard, do you, well, how, do you, how would you handle that? What do you think of John's technique? First of all, John's technique, what do you think of that? If we're that far apart on the number, I probably wouldn't walk them back. Um, I will ask for current salary, um, and I'm not looking for a tremendous leap moving forward because if I walk them back to 110, they're just going to leave for 115. Okay, not if 110 is actually a good increase. If 110 is, you know, a decent increase, he won't leave for one. You know, maybe nobody's going to offer him 115. Michael G. Cox. What do you think of John's technique? I think he's with a candidate. Oh, Michael's left. Okay. Maureen, do you want to comment? Anybody want to comment? Um, you, at that point, you're talking about a maybe situation. I think later, um, when it got real, I, it could be different. So I wouldn't not do it later. I mean, I would still put it out there. Uh, you know what, Maureen? Uh, you've, you've got a beautiful voice today, but I don't know what you're talking about, okay? Sorry. Beep. I do. Okay. <laughs> I, what's, well, you tell me. What's she saying? I don't know. What's she talking about? Yeah, of course Friendly. it is. It, it, it start, you started at the point where it's relevant and appropriate for both parties. If it's earlier, yeah. you do it earlier. If it's later, you do it later. Now, I think she's saying, what if, no, no, hold on. Wait, John, let me interrupt you. Here's what I okay. think she's saying, and even if she wasn't saying it, it's kind of relevant. Okay. okay. The person, so you walk them back to 120 from 150, goes in for the interview, and, you know, they, he knows they like him, and he knows he can do the job, so he comes back out, and he doesn't want to take 120 anymore. He's back up to 130 or 140. He changes his mind at offer time. What if he changes his mind? What do you do? just to start again or have you ever had nope. that, that problem where they increase their money at, at, at the last minute yes 
I've had that numerous times, uh, and it's people who have got an idea, perception, and understanding, or a thought of what the role was involved. At the interview, more information has come out. There's more detail. The company, the individuals have declared more activities, increased responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they've come out and said, okay, this role actually is worth 130000 mm-hmm. now compared to the 120 we were talking before. And I go, okay, tell me why. You go through it and justify it. I go, I agree entirely with you. You've then mm-hmm. got to go back to the client and say, loved it, wanted to go forward. However, got to look at having this money on the table. What about when you disagree with a candidate? Candidate says, uh, uh, and and uh, 130, and you said you said 120. He says I have my fingers crossed. Okay, what about what about, uh, oh, oh, you know, what oh, about oh. when you you disagree? You disagree yeah. with it. He wants. Yeah, of course it is. Unfold your fingers, put your thumb out your ass, and let's be real <laughs> on this. You know, you said you wanted 120. What has made you change your mind? Was it just you to the sake of getting an interview? Because I will tell them that's what you want to do. And, it, and quite often people are realists. If it's not the just so you, taking you, the you give them, you talk, you talk tough to these guys. You're pretty blunt. Is that, is that what you you're saying? You've got to be. You've got to be tough. And you've got to be honest and truthful with them. And if they, well, you have to they, negotiate. It's all part of the negotiation, animal. Okay, but then you might lose. How often will you lose on that negotiation? Fifteen percent of the time. I think I if you if you do it as John suggests, if you're if you're honest and you're open and you're just being across the board, back and forth, listening to the guy and taking what he's saying as truthful, and going back to the client with it, you're not going to lose very often. Yeah. Okay. Fine. If it's based okay. in reality. Yeah, and it's you, okay. the client, you lose out, with, not with the candidate. The client that actually is the one that says, No, I can't do that or I won't do that. Fine. Okay. So, so, so yeah. You know what? We never really talk about that. What happens? What's it like when you can't come to terms with the client and, or the or the candidate? What do you say? Okay, well, thanks. Thanks for taking, you know, all these interviews and stuff like that and, and then screwing you know, changing your mind at the end and Maybe I'll deal with you again, and uh, it seems like an awkward social situation to me. But you know what? Let's put that awkwardness aside. I have to do another ad, and this time I'm going to do it for Hire Tool. H i r e t u a l. H i r e t u a l. Hire Tool. I want you to know is a full service sourcing tool. You tell it what you want, and it writes Boolean strings for you. If you don't know anything about Boolean strings how to do searches, it doesn't matter. It does it for you. This is Boolean strings for idiots territory. You can feel comfortable. And I'm an idiot. I admit it, okay? So I'm not putting you down when I say that. And then it gives you a whole bunch of results on Facebook, GitHub, LinkedIn, and a million other relevant job sites or uh, profile sites. And it gives you the results in a ranked form. So the people who are closest to what you want are at the top. It tells you which ones. It guesses who's likely to make a move, what might their salary be. It gives you little hints. And uh, here's what a guy named Michael Doran wrote on my Facebook page without being paid. He said, I was contacted by my rep 
from another sourcing tool today, and he offered me a good deal. But I told him, hey, I just bought a year's subscription to Hire Tool, and I paid for it myself when I was over at Dropbox. And you know what? It worked great there. The guy paid for it himself. His company didn't pay. He says, I highly endorse Hire Tool. It's amazing. It's the best sourcing tool on the market right now. I'm a raving fan. That's what he said. So I want you to go and check it out. Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. There's a free version. There's a free version as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. John, do you know that song? Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. John. I'm not that, I'm not that old, Michael. I may look it, but I'm not that old. Yeah, That's Paul do, McCartney's yeah. brother. That's by Paul McCartney's brother. I thought that, that it sounds like the kind of song all you Brits would be drinking in your pubs. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very Richard Baird. Okay, you know before that you song? go off the rails here, Animal, I do going not back know to what song. we were talking about before, <laughs> going we're back to what we were that. talking about before, the reason what we don't it? talk about these things very much is because it's a sales process. And you're talking about the art of the sale. And recruiters don't talk about recruiting as a sales process. And, but that's what well, it let's is. Well, let's, I'll use that as a, a segue to move over into to John. John, you know, when you call someone up, you say, I'm working on a position, and they say, I'm not interested. Do you argue with them, or do you say, oh, so thanks very much, to talk to you another time? If, if I know them, as in I've been connected with them or I've communicated no, with them in the past, no. straight cold call? Yeah. If it's going to be a straight cold call, and the, the first thing you do, I don't pitch a job at them. You don't sell to them on the first conversation. True. You establish connectivity. You establish a reason to take the next conversation. So looking at, are you available to have a talk later on this evening or tomorrow morning? You know, I want to have a conversation and learn a bit more about, you know, Magento as a, software as a service, whatever the reason, you've got to have a reason for calling them. There's no need to do cold calls on anyone today. If you're doing cold calls, understand. a cold call is Why? when you know absolutely nothing other than having a name and a phone number. Yeah, okay. So Don't you're looking to. for you're looking for a manufacturing manager for a furniture manufacturer in London, okay? You go on okay. LinkedIn, you find some names. You figure, okay, these guys might be in the right territory for me. So you're going to say, don't phone them up? Is that what you're saying? Don't phone them? No, because you've found out that if they're relevant, they're going to have some features, some item. They could have worked for Textron or worked with Textron products in the past. They could have looked at that. So you use that as a leverage, as a, as a wedge so, yeah, to get yeah, in and fine. talk to So them. Now, listen to me. Let me guide you. When we get on the phone with this person, we get on the phone. You don't just call up and say, hi, my name's John Rose. I'm a headhunter. I'm working on a position for a manufacturing manager in a furniture company where they've got about 100 staff. Is there something there that might you know, be of interest to you that we could have a chat about? That's not what you do. Is that right? Correct. I do not do that. I say John Rose. Well, I, introduce, I always use my name. Go ahead. Hi, yeah. it's John Rose. Um, I'm working on a project at the moment involving furniture, and I've got a bit confused over some fittings. Someone's mentioned the difference between textural and ramsels. 
could you help me? Would you be able to help me and give me some information? And most people at that point will either say, well, when it's not convenient, okay, when's a good time for us to talk? Actually, you put the onus back on them. Or they'll turn around and say, yeah. oh, well, actually, yeah, we can't yet. Yeah, I can, can, I've got a few minutes now. I can tell you, no, oh, great. So you take that information. You use that because you're establishing their level of credibility and understanding of the area that you need that person to acknowledge you. So you're looking at special fixtures and fittings related to the furniture manufacturing sector, you know, in, uh-huh. in, and when, in when do you actually tell the guy, you know, you want to know if he or she is interested in taking a look at this position? It all depends on how that conversation and the next conversation goes. Do you do it there and then? Do you wait for another two or three phone calls and conversations? Each each person, each situation guy, is going to be different. You know, you want to know if he or she... Who's doing that? Okay. I did Look, it. I'm John. sorry. I'm sorry. Nintran's <laughs> trying to call in and can't get through. Any ideas why? Well, I don't know why. I'm I'm looking there. There's nobody who's not opened. I just checked. I just okay. checked. Okay. Okay. I told him to, I told him to call in and try his cell. I'm sorry. Does he have the right number? Nintran is a sponsor. Does he have the right number? Mm-hmm. I'll ask. Well, what can I do? Okay, you know what? I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something, John. I I bet a hundred dollars that you are very good at your job, but that sounds so bogus to me. You're calling up the person. First of all, you want to fill the job as soon as possible. You don't want to wait, you know, you know, for you know three uh, three dates before you actually say, you know, I kind of like you or uh, something like that. No way. Or pretend, you know, you meet her at the bus stop and just chat with yeah, her when uh, you the, see her, you know. The problem, with that, the problem with that theory of yours and that method of yours is what happens if the person you talk to is a 150K guy and you've only got 70K on the table? You find out the, really who, fast. Who, 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 you who, who, find who, who, out fast. Nah, Only man, like men who, you know, have a better living than you're making. Well, what's the reason for that difference? What could the reason for that difference be? I mean, you're you're in the wrong, you're at the wrong level. Yeah, you're no, well, the sometimes wrong, you don't know. People. Yeah, somebody might be dealing with a lot more uh, a, a larger or you know organization. You don't always know all the details, Maureen. Well, you're uh, right. You're you're at the wrong. You're on the wrong target. You're at the wrong title level. Yeah, so level. they'll tell you. They'll tell you. But John likes. He said he's saying he drags it out over two or three conversations, and if I was the guy on the other end, I'd say, so this person but is just been talking is, to me. But my point is you shouldn't like, be having those conversations. You shouldn't be missing the target bullseye that far. Why not? That's a why lot not? of wasted time. Why not? That's a lot of wasted why not? time. Why not? How do you pinpoint, even with you, you go out, you find a bunch of production supervisors in the uh, XYZ uh, industry, which is exactly what you were told to do, but you don't have all their salaries. You don't have all the details on their profile. Oh, hold it, hold you give it, it to the recruiter. Hold the recruiter it, hold it, hold it. Yeah. If I'm working in the same industry and my, my customer gives me a list of, of um, competitors, chances are they know those competitors, and they know that those competitors are working pretty closely um, in the same um, salary ranges. They have pretty much the same pay range, um, ranges. Not always, but 
um, they generally know, you know, they pay the, these people more, they pay these people less. This is, would be a good company okay, to Okay, Maureen, Maureen, don't drag it out. Get to the point. Hey. Well, I'm trying look, to explain it to you because you no, 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 no. You're not saying, to get no, this. Maureen, don't make me, don't make me be obnoxious, okay? Please, be nice to me. Don't make me be, be nasty. Be nice now, to look, me. I'm trying to explain this. No, no, you're dragging it out. I got your point ten minutes okay. ago. You're okay. saying if I bring in uh, ten production supervisors from uh, XYZ, from the same industry, they're same all industry. going to be making around the, the same money, and we they know everything be. about them. That's not, they should be. They shouldn't well, be so, okay. 50% more. They shouldn't be okay. if they're supervisors. Okay, well... Does, wait a second. Let's ask Richard Baird, although he's in a different business. Uh, Richard, are you still awake? I'm here. He's gone. Oh, yeah. So do you think there's a chance he said he's here. you're going to call? Yeah, okay, I'm talking to him. Do, do you think there's a chance that you're going to call five people from with a similar title in a similar industry, and they might have widely divergent uh, salaries? Is it possible? I, I think that's possible. There are a lot of other factors, yeah, okay. location, uh, company size. Well, that location's a good point. You know, if you're in San yeah, Francisco versus, you know, the middle of the country. Okay, I want to move on. I want to move on. I've got an audience. We've got to be entertaining, and I don't know how entertaining we are today. You, you guys are all blasted out after a long weekend. Even John we'll was very, celebrating over there in, in England. Okay. We're being very entertained, and we haven't got Jerry jumping down everyone's throat, shouting at us, and talking about Twitter. Yeah. But what are okay? Let's talk yeah. about other factors that would impact that salary range. I don't know what they are. If you can rhyme them off, besides, I'll let you. But I'm just going to speculate. Yeah. Size of company, which you can presumably know in advance. Okay, John. Here's a question for you. What these people are often saying is that you have to spend 20 minutes researching uh, everybody individually uh, before you contact them. Look for their blogs, uh, find out what they like on Twitter, you know, what they like to eat or what they do in their hobbies. Do you do that before you call them? Yeah, I do as much research as possible that gives me sufficient data to be able to talk to them and to break the ice and get in and get the information I need as quickly as possible. Yes. So will you talk to them about, like, the fact that they like flaming hot Cheetos uh, as opposed to talking about some technical issue that you make up? Uh, no, I would talk, tend to talk about food that I don't know anything about. So uh -huh, I would well, only talk about... Presuming that you did. Yeah, Okay, did. presuming no. there that you did, okay. Okay. You, try not to, you, you try not to be sneaky and make it look like you've been stalking them. You well, John, you're being, you're being sneaky. You're being sneaky. If I was the, on the receiving end and you dragged me through a couple of conversations and then I realized it was only to, you know, warm me up to ask me about if I'm interested in a job, I'd say, geez, why didn't he just be more direct? I mean, he, he was leading me on this whole time, uh, you know, just to try to sell me something. You know, I, I would feel like I'd been deceived. Sorry, that's what it, that's what it strikes me as. But yeah. obviously, it works for you. Uh -huh. oh, it, it works for very you. well. Huh? Yeah. And okay. the research, research is invaluable. The intelligence mm. you get from it is very how much important. time? How much time? How much time do you spend researching each individual before you call them, or email? Do you use phone calls or emails? Which is your preferred way? Maureen will love me for this. 
pick up the bloody phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Talk to, talk to them first. If you can't talk to them, leave a voicemail. Let them know. I even tell in the voicemail, I'll even say, I'm sending you a quick email, and I'll even tell them what the email is. Say it to, you know, you know Fred at, you know, fancypants.com, whatever it is. That's what I found. Unless I'll let them know. Because some people will have two, three, four different email addresses. So you let them know you've sent an email to one that you've identified related to them. Oh, really? It's not interesting. Okay. And so uh, everybody says that, you know, uh, email, nobody answers their email anymore. Do you find that's true? I probably get about a 70% response rate. That's fantastic. That's great. It is very I'm high. happy with that. It's yeah. Very, it's, okay. It's find the KISS principle. Keep it simple. And when you're using... Yeah, KISS. Okay, I don't like that. When you're using uh, email, what subject line are you using? Depends what I want to talk to them about, what it's relevant to, what it's related to. Manu- if it's Give manufacturing, me an example. Uh, manufacturing of widgets, um, integration of CRM into enterprise solutions. Yeah. What, what, you know, I don't want to go back to the whole discussion, but I just have a, I have a hard time believing you call people up Tell me, any somebody else answer. Tell me if I'm understanding him wrong. He calls people up to talk about other things, not about their careers, just about technical issues. Gets to know them that way, and then he hits them with a job. But John, you you work on contracts, so you're going from company to company. They're not all in the same business, are they? So you're more of a generalist than a niche recruiter. Am I right or wrong? I, I stick with the technical sector, so I tell to deal with anything that's technology related. Um, I don't go into uh-huh. accounting firms, you know, EY and those types of people because bean counters and me, not, not a clue, not interested. Okay, so but so what, what I'm, I'm wondering is, if you establish a relationship with someone through these conversations, is there a chance you're actually going to return to them? even if for some other positions in the future, because you'll be working similar jobs again in the future. Yes. Is that, is that yes. so? Yes. Very, yeah, very okay. much so. It, it, so. I put okay. them into a pipeline. I put people in pipelines. Okay, I didn't know, I didn't know you, uh, because you're moving from company to company, I didn't know if you had that kind of uh, consistency. But this, uh, okay, um, let me see. What about ads? Do you advertise at all? Do you advertise jobs? I try not to do using the job boards because every every dog and his monkey is out on the job boards. I'll do targeted uh-huh. ads, so I'll do creative targeted ads on Facebook, on LinkedIn, in the Pulse, or in a, a, an article or a blog or something like that. Or if there's a specialist uh, niche job board because it's a really unique thing. Okay. Then I'll put well, hold on a second. Uh, I was just setting you up for this question. Are ads just for low-level jobs or, you know, a, a full range? <clears throat> full range. Okay. And you said you advertise on Facebook. Do you, do, do you use the boost for, uh, function? Do you, do you promote them? you pay extra <laughs> money to promote your ads? I have done. Um, the return on that was I, I'm not convinced. The, that was before the Facebook Jobs Careers tool came out and became available over here. It certainly worked uh-huh. on positions in Canada, but I did one in Canada, and I got a quality response from 
the pay boosted ads. Yes. Yeah. Really? So how much did you end up uh, spending on that, about on that about, one? About $35. Really? Okay. Good for you. And you just used the boost function. You didn't use anything else? No, no, just a, purely the boost function because that was... Really? Okay. Yeah, the PPC, okay. I wasn't convinced it would work. Okay, I'm going to do another ad, final one. You know, the other day on my Facebook group, a guy named Steve Schwartz, whom I don't know, he said, PC Recruiter offers great support and features that help me make placements. That's the key. They help me make placements. PC Recruiter is totally, totally worth the cost compared to the value. And here's another guy, Nick Mazur, M-A-Z-U-R, if you want to check him out. We use PC Recruiter, and we love it. We love it. I have demoed a ton of systems, and they have the most robust features. Robust! Here's someone else. I don't want to mention her name. I'm a solo recruiter, and I use PC Recruiter, and I'm pleased, even though I probably don't use all the functions. Solo means she works by herself, in case you didn't know that, okay? So what I want you to do is go check out PC Recruiter. And you know why? Don't cough. Because they love you. PC Recruiter loves you. They love every kind of recruiter. They're made for every kind of recruiting. They are diverse. They're inclusive. And they're friendly, okay? PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. Go to bed thinking that. PCRecruiter.net. You should have whispered that for me. Hey, that's Maureen. my and don't skin. forget. Yeah. Yeah, that's your, it's your stick. Get yeah. off and my... don't forget about, why don't you, you whisper, say, say it like that. Because everybody compliance when I whisper. Higher tool. Higher tool, yeah. Higher tool. Go use higher now. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, you know what? This show's going fast, okay? I didn't, uh, you know. Uh, 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 John, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny English. Okay. <laughs> what about these ma- What about these maniacs who are crying all the time about uh, emailing people at work and saying it's wrong? Don't do it. Do you email people at work? I try to use it as a last resort, and if I do, I'm always very cognizant of the subject line, don't use re, our previous conversation, don't lie, don't BS on it, and take out uh, part of your signature that gives clear indication you're a recruiter, especially if there's images Uh as well, because a lot of corporate firewall servers will stop your email getting through. Really? And what about phoning people at work? Will you phone people at work? I have done. I, I again, that's the the third to last option is phoning someone at work, unless they've given me clearance to do so, or that that's the only information they've put out there that says my phone number. Hold on, number. hold on. Unless you're calling, no, no. Hold on. You're shocking me. If you call the person the first time, where do you where do you, where do you reach them? Where do you call them? At home at night time? If I can call them at home at night time or if they've got a cell phone mobile, I'll call them on that first. How do you get a, how do you get their cell phone number? How do you get their cell phone number? Am, am I am I allowed to mention one of your sponsors, Hire Tool? Yeah. Of course I can. You, you, you use different tools that will give you numbers and give you How often do those give you cell phone numbers? How often do they give you cell phone numbers? Quite often, because that's the number the person has put out on the social profiles, social information, related posts or 
details that's out there. So that's how Hire Tool and these other, some of these other scrapers, they look and see where they've put this information, then they'll grab it. That's why there's not a 100% guarantee it's accurate because they may have put the friends down or, oh, I phoned. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I, I uh, Richard Baird, are you there? Still, still awake? We're still almost awake. done. There's only four minutes. Okay, I, I, I'm really glad you called in and you're sharing your uh, knowledge with us, okay? I, I enjoy seeing your tweets. This is a wacky show, <laughs> the craziest show in the world. Okay, but what about, um, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> is there any question, let me ask, is there any question that you'd like to ask John before the show's over? Honestly, no. I was a little okay. taken back about the flaming Hot Cheetos thing. No, that's real. I had a guest on the show who said he 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 was re, he was looking for some hard to find guy, and he uh, he found on a blog the guy likes flaming hot Cheetos. So he put in the title of his uh, email flaming hot Cheetos, and the guy had a conversation with him and he recruited him. That was that's for real, okay? The recruiting animal does not lie. Only sometimes, okay? So if you don't have a question, I have heard of things like that being done, and that's a good. The, the good icebreakers. Okay. So what, what, what's a question that I should ask you, John, as a parting question? Do, do you use Calendly or anything like that? Do you use those schedulers? Send yes, out links to people? Yeah? yeah I actually, I, you I actually find have a Calendly. I have a link for Calendly in my signature yep. on my email, which I'll uh-huh. send. And it's, it, it's a 15-minute com- telephone conversation link. So people, if they want to, they can click on it without me having to say to them, you know, hey, give me a call. Let me know what works for you. No, no. Here's, yeah. a, here's a link to go. Uh-huh. If you, you know, have a look. See, see if there's anything that works for you. And people do. I had four come in today instead of use that link without me asking to do it. Okay, uh, Richard Baird, do you use Calendly or, or some kind of online schedule? I do. Where, you know, you, I do. Yeah? Is it which, which version? Do you use Calendly or some other? Calendly. Yep. Oh, I'll really? Send them okay. The link to and, schedule phone calls. Uh-huh. And and uh, and because you know Tyron, who was on last week, he said saves them like seven or eight full days a year of uh, playing you know tag trying to get get somebody. So, uh, um, what's your parting words, John? <laughs> John, my, my, wake up! My, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm just in, parting words, really. Recruiting and sourcing has changed in the last 18 months. And people have got to get on board with the new way of dealing and handling with the recruitment process. Because it has changed, and we've got to, we've got to embrace that. How, because how has it changed? How, how has it changed? I'm just curious. What's changed? Yeah. Oh, Michael, you got stuck past, back in. You, you, you clock in, in a lot of ways. You still took stuck back in 2005. 2006, when it was a client-centered um, business with, with lots of candidates around, so people just pick up the phone and say to someone, hey, I've got a job, do you want it, yes or no? Oh, no, right, move on to the next one. And they don't give a shit about the person. We've got to look at the people. You've got to build relationships. You've got to build your pipeline. There's people, there's some, there's someone I actually connected with last year, I've sent him a message this morning saying, hey, I've just got an opportunity to come up in this location, in this role, and he's come back and said, I want to know more. 
if I just picked up the phone and didn't know me from Adam, that would have been blown out of the water. Uh, you know what? Here's his message. John surprises me. He brings out the old fuzzy wuzzies. You got to be human. You got to be nice. You got to treat them like people. But not when they want more money than you're willing to pay them. Then you got to <laughs> hit them hard. Yeah, that's what his exactly. message is. <laughs> you, you treat children. You treat them nice, then you clip them around the ear when they get out of order. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You make I, them the last, Here's the last question. Here's the last question, actually. Okay. You said you've got a pipeline. Because who knows? You, you haven't been on the show for years, so we might not get to ask you questions again. You said you've got a pipeline. So are, are you sending – I know you've got tons of articles on LinkedIn. Uh, are you, do you have an email list that you send out these articles to? Or what's, what's your pipeline? You said you've got a pipeline. Yeah, I've, I've got a talent pipeline. There's, there's, there's a, a program I use called Hello Talent, and it's great. And I use it yeah. purely for pipeline. And that's just for putting uh-huh. people in who have communicated and contacted with. I, I've also got MailChimp that's got people's email addresses. So if they come to me and say, yeah, I'm interested, keep me updated, let me know, they're in it. They go there. So I'll send them links to my blog post, links to your interest. In, you know, I'll send them a link out to, uh, to Blood Talk Radio for today's event. So I've sent that out uh-huh. to people on emails. and You'll send this show out Great. At least you got some guts. I'm happy to hear that. Okay, let me thank everybody. Resourceful John. John Rose. He is thank a lively, you, fun guy. I'm very glad that he came on. No, wait, wait, John, don't disappear. I'm going to thank everybody. Wonderful. Wonderful. Maureen Sharib, Sherub, the goddess of phone sourcing. My new friend, Richard Baird. I'm glad that he called in, and good luck in your new career. Uh, Michael G. Cox. Maybe Michael wants uh, to use a recruiter to hire a, a replacement. And uh, <laughs> who else? Graham Caulfield. <laughs> hey. So everybody call. Everybody get in touch with Mike underscore recruiter. Graham Cox from Australia, now in Texas. And uh, hire tool, PC recruiter. And no, Jerry. Thank you, everybody. I have to say, no banning on this show. Nobody's that bad. Uh, and you know, no, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The dude is full of negative energy, and I'm just saying, I simply don't. My the after show is not about negativity. It's not you know about what, Terry? What? Terry, if yeah. you open your eyes, you'd see he talks to you just like you talk to me. It's constantly animal is an idiot. Everything he says is nonsense. <laughs> I no, used to like the no, show, no. but now it's nothing. Yeah. I don't kick you off. Hey. I don't kick you off the show, and hey, you're, you're not going to kick him off, okay? Hey, I just don't need it. If, if he... Man.